0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And welcome to another episode of the Black Knight podcast brought to you Yay! by Mikael Lynn, CEO and founder of Black Knight, and accompanied by my able bodied co host, Jonathan, who is sitting somewhere on the other side of the Atlantic.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: So, Jonathan, what do you have on the menu for us this week? What are we going to be
1: talking about? There is a lot to talk about. A lot has happened in the last two weeks since we last did a podcast. I think we'll start off with something that's completely and utterly ridiculous, and I'm pretty sure you agree with me. The, the announcement that the new owners of the dot sexy domain name have risen the price 9,900%. And that is not a mistake. I checked my math multiple times.
0: Yeah, that's that one is is is. I'm trying to think of a diplomatic way of describing it. It's it's crazy. It's a it's a crazy, it's a crazy price increase. Okay, new market forces. People can choose to price their product at whatever price point they want to, etc. 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 All for that, but oh my God, that it means that the that TLD is now just so expensive that
1: nobody in their right mind is, is going to want to register any domains in that space. Absolutely not. And I should we should be clear that if you currently had a .sexy domain name before April 30th, you get you grow grandfathered in at the old pricing. It's after April 30th, it's now the wholesale price is now so high, but with us, it's twenty nine hundred euro a year for one domain name. We expect to sell loads.
0: Oh yeah, totally. I can see about there, there being a massive rush on dot sexy domains. I mean, look. Ultimately, you know, they, it, you know, if, if if a registry wants to price itself out of the market, that's their call. There's nothing. There's not much we can do about it. It's a very strange thing to do, and you know, people will look at the the retail prices charged by various registrars. I mean, from our perspective. The way we price domains is usually on a basis of a percentage above the wholesale price, which you know covers the costs we have. Plus, we're we're a business, not a charity, so we obviously have to make money to pay staff, etc., etc. So you know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, like apparently the. The new owners of this TLD, and I, and I keep saying the new owners, and so do you, because we don't actually know who, who the new owners are. It's not, it hasn't been made public. It's unclear who it is. The IANA listing for the TLD is what it was, you know, a few weeks ago. That, that hasn't changed. Apparently, they have some different business model with, with for using the TLD, so selling domain names to the public isn't really core to us. And that's fine. I mean, there's there's lots of things people could do with domain names that they haven't done, or they could have done you know, an entire domain extension that they haven't done. And maybe this lot have come up with something interesting. Who knows? I don't really care. Move on. Let, next topic.
1: <laughs> we'll find out. Or
0: not. Who cares?
1: So, yeah, on top of that, May is an exciting month for us because we have several new big domain name promotions starting. The big one is we now have a promotion to the end of the year for .shop. For now until the end of the year, you can register a .shop domain name for $4.99 for the first year, excluding VAT, that's a great price. It was almost 10 Euro before that. So that's a great way to get your shop online or combine it with our shop builder software. So we'll be crowing about that on social media quite a bit over the next couple months. It's, It's a great deal and it's a great way to get started with .shop and I'm also an advocate of when you buy a .shop domain name, you should also buy the .store domain name as well and own both. So yes, but you're <laughs> but you've got an addiction problem let's face it. <laughs> I do and I believe dot store is 799 right now I mean look ultimately for, if a domain name
0: is, is less than about 15 euro
1: 15 20 euro per year it's a negligible cost for a business yeah it's actually 499 for dot store so you can get dot store and dot shop for under 10 euro now
0: yeah that's just for the first year it'll renew at a higher rate of course yeah um, I mean, the, the domain, look, those domain names are, are reasonably priced anyway. We have them on, on, we're able to get them on promotion at the moment, which means that there's even less of an excuse not to, to get one. Like, we've seen a lot of businesses over the last 18, 24 months finally, you know, bite the bullet, as it were, and actually launch some kind of online sales thing. And .shop for, for English speakers makes sense more sense than dot store dot uh, store i think is still a pretty good good domain but just not as good for us because we, we use the word shop a hell of more than we, we use the word store but i think look ultimately these are there's some good we've always got a few good promotions on domains and you know it doesn't matter what domain name you get just get one that you're happy with but you know use your own domain stop um marketing somebody else's brand so speaking of, I mean, okay, some of this stuff is like inside stuff. It's more to do with stuff that we as a company are doing, but let's get that out of the way. So one of the other things that we've had to do is, so we we take, you know, the kind of tax compliance and all that fairly seriously, as one would have to do. And we, re, we realized um, a few months ago that the rules for doing business in some countries were a little bit more complicated than they, than they had been previously and so we've been working with a few different companies and doing different things and ultimately we, it, 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 after looking running really the numbers and looking at everything more than one way we realized that it wasn't financially viable for us to continue to do business in India so we will no longer be accepting signups or renewals from India. We don't. I mean, look in the grand scheme of things. I mean, the reason why it's not financially viable is because we don't have a very large number of customers from India anyway. So we've been in contact with the existing clients and just pointed this out to them and said, just you know, that they need to to find an alternative provider. I mean, look, we don't monopolize any of the services we offer. So uh, there's plenty of other providers out there. But that's just the reality. I mean, when you're de- dealing with businesses across the world, I mean, there's some of them will re- some countries require you to do certain things, and you know, it. While we're more than happy to comply with local law, it has to also make sense financially.
1: Right, that's completely understandable.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. It's fine. I'm. I'm perfectly happy with that. So there, So that's that's most of the kind of inside kind of you know black knight related stuff. For those of you who. Are very bored and follow people like me on Twitter. You'll notice I'm I'm back I'm back traveling again. I know travel, but uh, is back. Yay! Yeah, Andrew from Andrew from Domain Name Wire mentioned something about that <laughs> day, which I thought was rather amusing. So up, so I've been away a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. I was over in Germany and in Poland last weekend. I was in Norway. I'm a bit of a. I'm in, I like. I like music and I like going to concerts and I decided that I was going to go to a bunch of concerts. Why not? So that's what I was doing. But this week I'm travelling for work and I'll be doing travelling for work next week as well. So this week I'll be in Brussels and next week I'm in Paris.
1: Ooh, how exciting.
0: Brussels is a weird one. I mean the you know, the upside to this is you know, I get to see a few people, and all that which is kinda nice. But I also get to replenish my um, my bar, my <laughs> home bar.
1: Duty free um, for the win. Well,
0: it's not duty free for because most of the stuff is within the EU. But Ireland has we, in Ireland we pay a lot more for alcohol than you do in most European countries. Plus, it's much harder. certain certain things are quite hard to get here. I mean, you wouldn't find. Some of the weird and wonderful uh, gins and things like that that I can pick up and ship all in my local off license. So I'll be re- I restocked a little bit over the last couple of weeks and I will continue my restocking next week and the week after. Or sorry, this week and the week, next week. Oh, you know what I mean. Over the next couple of weeks. I've, I've, I've kind of got a, a, kind of a mental wish list of weird and wonderful things that I want to put back in my bar, and there's gaps that I need to fill. But on the more serious I mean, side, this, the the, this week, there's a meeting of the .EU Registrar Advisory Board. There's some interesting changes coming in .EU. The, their contract was renewed there, so they've, they've got that contract for another five years. But there's a lot of management changes going on there, and we know that there's a lot of interest from the European Commission around internet regulation. And that obviously will have a direct impact on eu because dot eu is operated under a contract with the European Commission. So they'll, they'll be pushing all the stuff down to them. So just a matter of seeing, I suppose, really is there anything that's in the pipeline immediately that we need to deal with, which might mean... And by deal with, that might mean pushing back a little. And then next week is a meeting of the Internet Jurisdiction Project, which we're involved with, which is a lot of stuff to do with... Developing, oof, developing global internet policy for, for how to deal with domain name abuse and things like that. Basically, interesting stuff.
1: Do we want to talk it, about my my journey to the corridors of power?
0: Oh well, t- yeah. So so, I've handed over the baton in many respects with regards to the internet, to the ITC, the Internet Infrastructure Coalition, and you will be representing us at the Washington, D.C. flying, which means, and I want to see photographs because I'm forcing you to wear a suit and tie. (laughs) Yeah, you want to get a haircut haircut as well, so you look a little bit more, less like a a wild, a wild, um, I'm not sure what, and more like a representative of of a respectable
1: company. You want to make sure I don't spend the whole time in the (laughs) Udvar-Hazy Aerospace Museum. I'm not going to react to that.
0: <laughs> Though that aerospace museum is worth is definitely worth visiting. The
1: the blackbird is is totally worth it seeing. It is cute. Yeah, we've got a blackbird up in Michigan. It's pretty impressive. But yeah, I'm really excited about going to DC. I haven't been to DC in twenty years and I've never been to the Capitol. And some of the events are gonna take place in the US Capitol building, so we're I'm excited to to see where the sausages are made and to find out how some of these things work and I'm sure I'll report all about it on our social media and on our blog as well.
0: Yeah, I mean look it's it's an interesting experience. I mean what I found fascinating about it in the past was you know you're going into the offices of various representatives but rep- but senators and representatives from, from both houses of of the US Congress and you know that they each one is so kind of tied in with the region and the area that they're representing. You know, so the you know the the, the one from Texas will have probably I don't know you know big Stetson hats or something cattle. Uh, you know, whereas like you know the one from another part of the country will have you know some you know products and things like that from that area in their office. Indiana um, will have corn probably. I mean there's there's a lot there's a lot of things about like that. I mean it's it's interesting. I think it's an interesting kind of way of doing things because one of the things that the ITC has been doing since it originally was founded was to try and educate legislators about the internet and technology so that they're they're making better decisions that are informed by by facts and that they understand the the real business impacts of that. Which takes me on to another thing. So earlier today, the Irish Central Statistics Office put out something about data centres electricity consumption. So this is something that we've we've been talking about a bit over the last what about twelve months, I suppose at this stage, about how data centres are being um, kind of picked on. I suppose is probably the simple way of putting it that. It's very easy for people to say, "Oh, look at the data centres. They're using all this power. They're using all this water. They're using all these resources. You know, this is going to cause a problem for this. It's going to cause a problem for that, etc., etc., etc." So the latest statistics, which is you know it's in the public domain, is that metered electricity consumed by data centres has gone from five percent of the total in two thousand fifteen to fourteen percent in twenty twenty one, which of course is a a very a fairly sub, um, big jump. But the question that isn't being asked is, you know, what is actually going on going through those data centers? I mean, are we talking about data centers like ours, or are we talking about data centers for the likes of Amazon or Microsoft and some of these other really, really big, big companies? You know, I think the really, you know we were discussing this internally earlier today when this came out, and you know, our power usage obviously grows as our footprint grows, that's you know, understandable, but it hasn't grown, it doesn't grow by hundreds of percent or anything like that. But usage of internet services, cloud services, SaaS, all that has grown a lot over the last, over the last two years. So it'd be interesting to see if there was a breakout of, of actually which data centers are the ones that are responsible for that that growth, but the the problem is is that what's going to happen now is in the the mainstream media they're just going to be talking about data centers without actually going into that at all.
1: Right, and when you look at these other numbers, there, urban and rural dwellings combined use what the, it's like four times what a date data centers use. So, I mean, it's still a small percentage of the overall electricity usage and. Think of all those things that the data center is providing to those people who live in those dwellings. So, you know, it's, it's unfair almost to, to present the data in this way, I think.
0: Well, it's not a matter of it's unfair. I think it's just overly simplistic. Yeah. When, the way, when I saw that coming out earlier today, my immediate reaction was, oh, here we go again. Because, what, because I knew full well that the anti-data centre lobby, and essentially that's what what, what they are, would start tra- trucking out these very simplistic, and I would say overly simplistic, reactions. And sure enough, that's what they've been doing. Now, I, I mean, of course they are. It, you know, the, the CSO, either intentionally or unintentionally, has made it really easy for them to do that, which is unfortunate, because with the, the thing is, is that if the data you know, data center power usage has gone up, yes. But a lot of other things have changed. I mean, there's not as many people not as many people have been commuting to work over the last couple of years. So they've right. been working remotely. So that so they've been using tools like Zoom, which we're using to record this on. So that's having an impact on data center usage. They're using collaborate collaborative tools, they're using lots of different things. I mean I'm going to, personally, I'm going to fewer in-person events, and not just because of any potential issues with COVID, but I think over the last two years, we've seen that the technology has got to the point where you don't need to go to as many of those meetings. Like, we need to go to some of them, definitely, but we don't need to go to as many of them, so... And of course, you know the irony that people complaining vocally about all this are doing so on social media that's running in a data center is not lost on me. But you know, that it's. I, I suspect this is going to be one of those, uh, one of those things that, that that it's going to get a lot of media attention over the next over the next few weeks. I think you mentioned there was something coming out in Politico, but I haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. It hasn't come across the email list either, but they will probably talk about it on Thursday when we have our call, but, you know, we're a part of this alliance of data centers who are voluntarily trying to be as green as possible and to reduce their power consumption and, and all that. And they're, one of the my key takeaways from a recent conversation we had is that they're getting a lot of pushback from the media that's very hostile, that, like, it's coming from the, the perspective that data that all data centers are bad, and it's really frustrating because they're not... I mean, data centers are literally the plumbing that provide modern life, and to just dismiss them as, as a net bad altogether is, is unfair, and there are a lot of people, not just us, but within the infrastructure community and the data center community, trying to you know to run these data centers as efficiently and as cheaply as possible and to not overuse energy and to be green and it, you know while we're being pilloried for all for our usage we're actually working very hard to, to, to reduce it and to make it better and we're not getting credit for that and it's kind of frustrating
0: yeah i mean look it's it's not a case of just simply giving us credit i mean it's really a case of I think the conversation around it is very it it oversimplifies and it's it, it's kind of it, it it works on the basis of oh look they're using they're using resources no consideration as to what those what those resources are actually being used for like why why data centers are grown there's also this thing as well for a lot of them where they kind of feel that it's you know, they're not in my backyard lobby. Yeah. Like, oh, we've got enough data centers, you should put them somewhere else. It's like, well, how's that solve anything? Like yeah. the, the, the companies involved in, in the Alliance are, have made a lot of commitments about electricity, about environmental impact overall, about uh, adopting practices so that Everything within the, within the data center's operations, and that goes from, you know, your, your desks all the way through, is, you know, as sustainable as possible and has, have as low an impact as possible. I mean, if I look at the way that, you know, that you know, we know we use equipment, like we, we all switched to virtualization for a lot of stuff, you know, a few years back. And it's not simply because of the technical side, but it. it's also because, you know, it's more, it was more efficient. And, you know, efficiency and costs for a data center operator, they go hand in hand. I mean, being reducing your power costs reduces your overall costs, which increases your margins. I mean, and ultimately, as capitalist swine, that's what we're all about.
1: Yeah. And, that's, and I've noticed in the stream of conversation that Around this, that there's just there's a whole segment of very loud people who are against the cap the idea of capitalist data centers altogether, and we can't well, really, they, they, we can't really argue with them.
0: <laughs> well, they just they make certain they make certain broad sweeping statements that aren't that are kind of there's a kind of a teeny weeny nugget of truth in there somewhere. It's a bit like saying, well, um, cars a car could kill a person, therefore cars kill people, therefore cars are evil. Yeah. Or, oh, I don't know, it's just, I mean, lots of this kind of stuff where it's just kind of, yes, it is factually correct to say the cars kill people. You can't say that they don't kill people. What you, But what you need to say is that not everybody kills people with cars and, you know, it's, it's a tiny percent. I mean, you know, there's so much more to that. I mean, looking at this year... You know, one tweet from one particular or one particular crowd, like, "Oh, this is a completely unsustainable; could cause blackouts for ordinary people and businesses." Not to mention missing our climate targets. But here's the other thing: is that the actual part of the climate target stuff will mean that homes will use more electricity because they're pushing for these electric. Um, electric punk things, which I don't really understand to be perfectly honest. My house being of a particular age and everything else, I've managed to do a certain amount of retrofitting and all that, but there's certain things I can't really do. But anyway, that's fine. I'm not going to get sucked into it. I'm going to take a deep breath. What else can we get
1: upset about? Ah, Elon Musk and Twitter. Yes. So when we last spoke... He had made the offer, and it was sort of the narrative seemed to be that Twitter was going to reject it. And then they turned around and said, Please, Elon, give us a big $44 billion hug. And Elon said, Okay. And so now he's actually buying Twitter, and the whole Twitter sphere is just off their rocker going nuts. that we've got a new billionaire overlord, ignoring the fact that billionaire overlords run all the media anyway. So, you know, it's, i really, I don't know about you, but I'm very frustrated at the discourse around this. I think there's a lot of hyperbole and a lot of, there's clickbait.
0: There's a lot of clickbait headlines. There's a lot
1: of quote-unquote
0: hot takes. I mean, yeah, you're right. Obviously, rich people own things. Yeah. They're upset. Dependent. Rich rich people own things. So that's so that's obviously, you know, that's not something that's going to change overnight. And I, you know, people being upset about a rich person buying something is a bit ridiculous. However, that's not what the that's not the real core of the issue this is. If the the issue that people have with they're just not doing a very good job of articulating it, is that Musk Musk has a habit of Tweeting his well, I wouldn't say his every thought, but he has a habit of tweeting out a lot of his a lot of his thoughts, and using Twitter as a as a platform. A bludgeon. Sorry, as a bludgeon. No, I was gonna say, I was just going to say using it as a platform in a, in a particular way. Now, his understanding of free speech and his understanding of a lot of these things is ridiculously bad he has no understanding of content moderation and he has that kind of oversimplistic kind of almost childlike understanding of of a lot of these things I mean it's this kind of oh it should be simple well no actually it's not you know just saying it should be simple doesn't make it so and this kind of you know provocative childish childish type thing which which just intentionally misinterprets what people are saying. I mean, one thing here is that the extreme antibody reaction from those who fear free speech says it all. I think that's his takeaway. It's not. I don't think it is. I think that's just him being more just you know trolling the internet, which which he does do. I mean, he put he was did a series of tweets there. I think it was like last week where he was talking about. Things like bring, putting cocaine back in Coca Cola and <laughs> I've seen things. talking about that. He would buy a McDonald's, but
1: he couldn't fix the coffee machines or something. Though the, the okay, let me let me explain this for the European audiences here. Okay, so McDonald's has delicious milkshakes. Okay, if you say so. And there are better milkshakes. I, I don't. go to. I don't eat at McDonald's. It's garbage food, but. Their milkshakes are known to be delicious, okay? But usually about one-third of the time when you go to order a milkshake at McDonald's, their milkshake machine is broken. Uh. And so, actually, someone went to the trouble of making a, na- a nationwide map that tracks the broken milkshake machines. And so the joke is that he's going to fix all the milkshake machines at McDonald's. That's that's the joke.
0: Oh, uh, okay. That, that, because a thing for us, I mean, over here... We obviously have McDonald's, but I think people over here are more are more fixated with Krispy Kreme donuts for some stupid reason. So the fact yeah. that Krispy Kreme donuts are now available in, and um, I can't remember which shop it is now. This just shows how bad how little attention I was paying to it. That had a lot of people super excited. Not me personally. I mean, sure, if you put a donut in front of me, I will
1: probably eat it. But Civilization I mean, has finally come to Ireland. You have Krispy Kreme.
0: Oh, no, we've had Krispy Kreme for a while. I mean, this Let's come like to Carlo.
1: Sort of. I don't know. It's just weird. But, yeah, so yeah, he... I my, I just had a thought here of, like, basically him buying Twitter as a $44 billion troll. Is this the most expensive troll meme ever created? That he's putting $44 billion here? And, and to be clear, the deal hasn't even gone through yet. No, and it, it could, hasn't gone it through. Could, it, it could fall apart. Still, but oh, good I mean this too.
0: this is the bit that I find hilarious, is this entire thing about people saying, Oh, you need to do this and you need to back up that and delete the other and blah blah blah. I mean a deal of that size is gonna take months to go through.
1: Especially if the FTC gets involved.
0: Sure, but you know, it's no matter who's involved and who's not involved, it's not it's not a deal that gets done overnight. You know, it takes months
1: to finalize these things. Um, is there is there anything post-Musk makeo- takeover that would force you to quit using Twitter?
0: If he goes down the route of this user verification rubbish, yes.
1: I think my red line is if he lets Trump back on.
0: I can block Trump and I can ignore Trump.
1: Well, it's not... Yeah, that's easy to do, but it's more about the damage it will do to the white. Sure, but that's that's not not some me me quitting it won't like solve that. It's just I just won't be participating in it. I don't know. I haven't decided. I'm. I love Twitter. Unfortunately, (laughs) it's done a lot of good for me in my life. So. I, I don't know deleting the app just isn't really on my on my radar as things I want to do I don't really care who owns it it's not like Jack Dorsey was the most you know shining example of a billionaire owner and I you know I, I don't want to sound like Paul over here our, our lovely CTO but I actually have a lot of respect and admire Elon Musk and I know you're not supposed to say that right now but he's done some pretty amazing things I'm not is Twitter going to be one of them I don't know I'm definitely not a fan I know, I know, it's okay um, Show me on the dolly where Elon Musk hurt you Shut up
0: <laughs> No, I mean, the, 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 the problem I have with I mean, I have lots of problems with him I mean, the, the kind of things that if he was to push for that I would, I would have huge problems with would be forcing verification of all users That's, that's hugely problematic and that would negatively impact a lot of people and also, as well, like uh, if you know, just kind of randomly introducing like an edit button, I think could also have a massive impact. I mean, it's you know, it's not that it's impossible to do it, but I'm I've, I've kind of reached the point now where I actually think that button is, is not necessary at all. I mean, the there's more harm can be done with one than without.
1: Yeah, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I I think we're on the same page. I think. It's not onerous to delete a tweet and redo it no I, I just it's it's just inconvenient
0: no it's, I mean it's it's inconvenient and that's fine it's a lot more it's a lot more worrying the idea that somebody could post something and then edit their tweet to be the exact opposite and for that to be there you know that, that's problem that's That's so problematic for so many reasons. And of course it's the kind of, it would immediately be abused.
1: Yeah, exactly. And people will, people will abuse it on purpose too, just to prove a point. Of course they will.
0: I mean, this is the problem with, with human beings. We, we are, we are horrible. We're terrible the other bit of news which came out just before we started recording this today and we're recording this it's third of may it's a tuesday after a long weekend here in ireland and not a long weekend in the
1: u.s i'm sorry yeah i was at work yesterday all by myself
0: i noticed i saw you screaming into the void you poor little thing
1: and sort of kind of
0: kind of interesting web summit have inked a multi-year deal with rio de janeiro to run a conference there for the next three
1: years, Which I thought was, I thought that was it was interesting because is this is this replacing the one they currently run or is this an no, in addition to? This is an addition to. Oh wow! Okay, that's a big expansion.
0: So he so Paddy Cosgrave was down in Brazil. I think it was like last year, sometime. He was down there talking to. The, the government and all that, and you know Brazil is a huge country. It's it's got a it's got a big tech sector, plus as well you've got all of that all of Latin America as well. Just you know there, Rio. Not sure why Rio, but just why not? You
1: know why not Rio? I mean, if you want, everyone wants to decamp to beautiful Rio in the middle of the winter. It sounds, it sounds nice. It's not that beautiful. I've never been.
0: Now, I mean, Rio, Rio. is okay. It's fine, but it's not the capital. Right. But you know, look. It's it's just, it's an interesting move. It's 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 look. It sounds like it could be quite a lucrative move. You know, the the actual details of the deal weren't disclosed, but he said enough that people were able to kind of work out roughly what it was worth, and it's it's worth probably 11, 11 or 12 million euro a year to the company from some of the kickbacks from the from the Brazilians directly plus all the ticket revenue plus the sponsorship revenue plus all the rest i mean it's it, you know it's, it is a big money making machine
1: um, are you going to go excuse me are you going to go no no
0: flying to Rio is long and painful it's I've done it and I will
1: might have to do it again in the future but I would need a
0: good reason to go
1: well it's closer for me if you know it's actually you want to have representative it's actually nice it's probably actually further
0: it is actually you know it's about the same distance so the the stupid thing is because of the way the earth curves if you look at a map, you kind of get this uh, this, in, this misplaced impression of the distance to Rio. And you think, ah, sure, that's fine. Then you actually sit down and look at what this, at the flight schedule is, and you realize, oh, my God. That's a really, it's a really, really long flight.
1: Is, does, do you fly direct from Europe or do you have to connect through Miami?
0: You can fly direct from Europe.
1: Oh, this, what, a 13, 14-hour flight? Something like that. Ugh. Speaking of which, did you hear... Qantas is going to start non stop London to Sydney flights that take 20 hours.
0: Yeah, not my idea of fun. Probably doable in business. Wouldn't want to do it in
1: economy. I think oh that God. would just be. Painful. I think that would kill me. I think that would kill me too. My yeah. wife was like, yeah, I'm not doing it in any class other than first, as if we could afford first. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th- look for for fl- you know getting from Europe to Australia is it's a long slog. Uh, I've done it. In, I've done it in economy. I've done it in business. Doing it in business definitely takes away some of the pain, but it's still it's still painful no matter what way you're flying. It's just yeah. it's just so so long. If you're able to break it up into like. Two, two segments. So let's say you draw... Sorry, draw. You go from, say, Dublin to somewhere in the middle. And then you go from there
1: to wherever. Sure, maybe. Yeah, I know uh, right, right before the pandemic, Air New Zealand started flights from Chicago. And they would take 18 hours direct. And... They haven't restarted them yet, but I suspect they will. But I was like 18 hours like I think I'd still rather fly to LA and connect just to get out and walk around.
0: Yeah, it's 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 long. Like for a lot of the flights from Europe to Australia, if you go with one of the Middle Eastern Airlines, then you're connecting in Dubai or somewhere over that kind of way. If you go with KLM or Air, KLM Air France, or one of those. You're probably connecting in Singapore or um, Shanghai. And if you go with uh, British Airways, I think it's I think they connect in Hong Kong. I think it's Singapore now. Well, anyway, the point is, that, you know, you get you get a you get a stopover somewhere along the way. Now, if you were able to book that, so that you could get, take you know twenty four forty eight hours. In that somewhere along the along the way that might help a little, but it's it's just it's really long. Anyway, that's not particularly interesting for our poor little podcast. The point is, Web a three year deal with Rio, which I thought was kind of interesting. I mean they they have been ex- they have been expanding the events that they've been doing. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of years. I and mean, I think based on what I've seen over the last couple of weeks travel is definitely coming back yeah the the lounge in Paris that I was in what evening was that Thursday Thursday afternoon Thursday evening was packed and it was a huge lounge and was absolutely packed for gills the airports the airports are struggling because they just don't have enough staff and you know the the,
1: the flights are pretty busy they're not they're definitely they're definitely kept busy yeah, I know. For me personally, I've got a busy summer coming up, with, and it's busier than it's been in three years. Between going to the I Two Coalition meetup in June, and then uh, I've got a holiday in July, and you and I have a little mini trip and at, at the end of July. Choo-choo! And, choo. uh, and then uh, and then at the end of that month is names kind Austin so. We're going to be all over the place. Mm. It's going to be nice to go places.
0: Yeah, it's awesome I mean, look, nice. it's, I mean, the, the only the only frustration I have at the moment is the, the kind of rules and everything else are just all over the shop.
1: Yeah, and I know here there are no rules anymore, so it'll be interesting uh, to see how things are in July, leaving the country. So I... It's still bizarre. There's no rules, but you still have to have a negative COVID test to get into the U.S., which is, like, it's baffling that they haven't removed that yet. Yeah,
0: that's that's a problem. That's definitely a problem. I saw somebody who I know was posting about they They didn't realize that the negative COVID test was still required, hadn't organized it in advance, could and missed all their flights. Oh, man. It's, it's, it the, is, it's weird. I mean, I've got, I'm doing an event next week. I'm doing an event, I'm going to an event this week in Brussels. And as far as I know, there's no special criteria, they have, or if there are, I told us about it. But for the event next week, they've sent us an entire kind of list of things that they're doing around protocols and testing and everything else. And I could easily end up being
1: stuck in a hotel in Paris if I fail one of these tests... Well, oh, there's we worse have? things. There's worse things that can happen. That's true. That's true. That's true. But, especially if you have a nice view. I found okay. this on the web. I
0: love the way our phones just start doing things uh, randomly these days without being asked. Yeah. And they think they're being helpful. Okay, so I think you know, we, 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 this, we've uh, covered a few interesting topics and a few not so interesting topics. So until next time, ciao.
1: Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.